Hey Atari Hackers, welcome to this week's podcast episode. In this episode, we are going to be sharing our favorite Chrome extensions with Mark. Now, some of them you might know already and that's fine, but we'll also tell you how we use them exactly in our process. But some of them I'm sure you don't know about and they're going to be saving lots of time or lots of money because actually all of these extensions are free. A lot of them might be freemium, so like they might try to sell you a more expensive plan or something, but we kind of like design this podcast so that you don't have to pay for anything to get value. And that is something that I think a lot of you guys will appreciate. So let's get started with the episode and don't forget to subscribe subscribe and like if you like that kind of stuff where we share the tools we use. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Atari Hacker Podcast. We had a lot more downloads than usual last week, so or like two weeks ago rather. So thank you for everyone who joined on this one. I guess the topic kind of have we talked about the last Google uh, core update and you know findings and things that people have observed in the community and so on. So if you missed that one, you can go check it out. Uh, I just wanted to make a quick update and say that apparently a lot of this has been rolled back. Actually, a lot of people have been commenting that they lost rankings at the beginning of the update and it came back. Happened to one of our sites, actually. We're now back higher than we were just before the beginning of the update. And a lot of people in HPro have confirmed that this happened to them as well. So it looks like one of these updates for Google was not exactly happy with what they got and I don't think they cancelled everything like some people didn't come back but quite a few people did so that's that's kind of a good news so yeah that's pretty much it I just wanted to update people on that I actually have an update on that before you ask me how it's going yeah I was um, gonna so say I... that's not how we do things here you know <laughs> <laughs> it's going fine thanks for asking okay so I was talking to a, a couple of people about this and you'd mentioned the this featured snippet ban yeah but have you come across the people also ask ban as well because no, uh, someone showed me uh, their site and they, they basically went from having, you know, a few hundred per day to zero, which felt like a ban. But then they sent me this link to another YouTube video and someone was talking about it being potentially some kind of bug or error on Google's side. So maybe that's part of the rollback. I don't know. Mm, but yeah. I just thought it was an interesting angle to it as well. I think this is one of these occasions and it happens, right, where Google really did roll back a significant portion of what happened. And I think what it shows as well is that these updates are not just one thing, because if they were just one thing, a rollback could only be a 100% rollback almost. Like, you know, you'd see everything come back or something. Like the fact that I think what Google does, they batch like 10, 15 updates together. They roll everything out together and then maybe now they can sell six out of 15 or something. And then that's what we're seeing, a partial rollback and we're seeing some people come back, some people not come back, etc. because they kind of like make it more confusing by releasing everything together at once. And maybe it's also more efficient for their workflow, actually. Like maybe they're not trying to play a game. Maybe it's just like easier for them to roll it out like this, you know. But like I think it shows to people that these are not like, oh, it's targeting AI content or it's targeting backlinks or something. It's probably targeting a lot of things at once. And this partial rollback is kind of like, you know, an argument for that, at least I would say. But that, anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about something a little bit lighter. I feel like it's nice to like do a lighter episode after we've done a, a more heavy one on updates and so on. And that one is going to be still very useful for a lot of people because... Of this one. This one. <laughs> so Mark is obsessed with me making this mistake. <laughs> I, I want people to comment every time Gail says this or that the wrong way around. Like, can you imagine I, I how much more? He just does it deliberately. Now. Can you imagine how much more social engagement we get from this? It's like uh, <laughs> we get more views. But then this. maybe that incentivizes you to keep doing it. Exactly. And that's not a good thing. So. Yeah. I'm I'm just making the world a, a worse place one this at a time, you know. Anyway, today we're talking about our favorite Chrome extensions. We've used 
I've used so many. Like, I mean, I love tools. Mark knows because I subscribe to all of them. And then he comes after me and he tells me to unsubscribe from all of the ones I don't use. So I, I tried a lot, probably tried hundreds at this point over uh, my entire marketing career. Before we jump into the uh, Chrome extensions, I want to say that uh, you should only keep the ones that you're actively using on because they use they tend to use quite a bit more RAM and also they, you know, people can put tracking codes in them as well so they can start tracking you. Usually people do that to create uh, retargeting audiences, like they're not really trying to get your passwords or anything like this. But it, had happened, it has happened before that there was keyloggers in extensions. I don't think these ones do, but in general, it uses computer resources. So if your computer gets hot generally, if your computer gets slow generally when you're using your browser, etc., there's a chance that having too many Chrome extensions could be part of that. And so in general, it's good to be kind of like mini all about this and now you have this little puzzle piece thing and you can click on this manage extension button and like just click on the toggles of the ones you're actively using right now or not so for example before i start doing keyword research i tend to activate some extensions and deactivate some like the ones i use for content for example and vice versa so that you know you don't fight for performances and you don't fight for battery life on your computer so i just wanted to say that because we're going to give lots of extensions it doesn't mean you should have them all at once unless you don't care about this stuff should we get started do one i do one sure should I start? Sure. Okay. So the first one I'm going to start with is going to surprise quite a few people. It's going to be Ubersuggest. The reason I say that is because Ubersuggest is, from what I found, the extension that gives like the most SEO data out of most of them because they give you the estimated traffic on the search results. And so if you are not someone who wants to pay for Ahrefs anymore because it's like out of your budget or something like this, you can actually get some of that data, which is pretty accurate. Ubersuggest came second, I think, when you did that test on these uh, SEO tools, right? Yeah, it's really good data. Yeah. So you, you do get some through their interface on the on the tool, but you also get a bunch of data through their Chrome extensions. So they give you, you know, search volume, CPCs, they give you uh, as a server, and they also show you the traffic of all the pages, the domain authority not rating. So they use the most metrics, but it's still okay. And most importantly, it's all free, right? So it's kind of like if you're kind of like going for like a cheap tool, like you're using Mangles or something like that, for example, then it's a really good complementary extension that's going to give you maybe better traffic estimates than Mangles would give you, for example, if you use Substat or if you use another one. So I think it's a, it's like, it's not, personally, I use Ahrefs still at this point because I say Ahrefs is still the best data, but a lot of people are finding in themselves in that situation where they need another tool because they either run off credit of Ahrefs or they just use other tools because it's becoming quite expensive, to be honest. So I just wanted to uh, throw that one in. It's decent and it's like, uh, love him or hate him, Neil Patel did an okay SEO tool, especially for the price they charge, actually. Yeah, it's a, it's a common tactic that a lot of the tools we're going to talk about, or a lot of the extensions we're going to talk about today it's freemium, uh, right? employ. They basically give away some stuff for free in their plugins so they get used to the ecosystem and eventually upgrade and you know buy a higher higher tier package. But that's fine because if you just want to use the free data, then you can, you can get a lot of stuff out of Ubersuggest, much more than you can from uh, Ahrefs plugin, for example. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you were like stripping my, sure. uh, if you were stripping like all our tools and I had to start with no money, like I would install that, like when I do keyword research, I would install that extension, type the keywords and like look at the traffic numbers of the pages uh, when I, st uh, I evaluate the keyword because this number is not just for that one keyword, it's for all the keywords that page ranks for. So it gives you an idea. It's, it's a really good way to evaluate whether it's worth going after it or not. And you can do this for free now. So it's, it's kind of cool. Like it's not as good as Ahrefs, not as efficient, but if you're getting started, Good enough, basically. Go ahead. Okay, next one is uh, Tag Assistant, rather, by uh, Google. So it's a very, very simple extension. Install it, and you can see what analytics, what GTM tags are firing 
on any site. And yeah, it's just a really good tool to verify that you've set everything up correctly, that the right things are, are, are firing and, and everything's working. It's quite interesting as well when you do some proper tag manager setup. So for example, there's a plugin on WordPress called, uh, I mean, I think it's called Tag Manager by uh, Tommy something. Just called, I will put it in a, on the screen, it's going to be easier because I don't remember. But it allows you, for example, to pass on dimensions to your analytics. So for example, you can pass on the author, you can pass on the tags of a post, you can pass on all these things. And when you're in analytics, you can filter for these metrics. Like you can see the traffic per author, you can see the traffic per tag, etc. It allows you to be a little bit more uh, slicey-dicey with your... Uh, with your data. And so that plugin, I mean, that extension allows you to actually see that all this stuff is passing on properly as well and you can actually dig in. And so when you're doing like more in-depth stuff, like events as well, this kind of stuff, you can test it with that. So it's not just like, oh, my analytics is installed or something. Like when you go to the next level of analytics, when you do it properly, it becomes more useful even, I would say. Yeah, I know the guys over at uh, Measure School suggest this is like the first thing to do when you're you're getting started with all this and they use it regularly to ta- uh, verify that everything they're doing is sort of working. It's just like, it's nicer to check that than like than going through the interface. And actually, I want to take another plugin that's kind of similar in that aspect and that's the Google Analytics Page Analytics extension. I call them plugin, but they're extension case. And that one is interesting as well because it shows you your Google Analytics basic data, so you can see the visits to a page, the bounce rate, etc. while you visit your website. So it's just going to pop like a, a ribbon on top, and it's going to show you the stats, and then you can click on a button and open the stats for that page directly in Analytics if you want to dig deeper. But again, you know, Google Analytics can be intimidating for people. A lot of people don't use it correctly. I mean, from our days in agencies, I still remember jumping on the call with clients and they just show me, look, it's not going up and right. That must be wrong. And I'm like, did you actually get into any submenu? Nope. And it's like, okay. So it's like, a lot of people are not very good at this. This makes Google Analytics a little bit less intimidating. Just know that it's all traffic, not just organic. So if you get traffic from social, if you get traffic from email, etc., you will see it in these graphs. But if you actually open it in analytics and then you just uh, filter up uh, traffic source, then you can see you are getting traffic, for example. So it's a, it's a cool plugin as well. Like really when I'm kind of like, I like to like take the pulse of our websites with this, you know, it's like I'd kind of like go around our main pages. I just have them bookmarked and I just click on them. It loads the data and I can just dig deeper or if, it, if there was some sudden changes or something. Uh, it's one of the ways and one of the extensions I quite like using actually. So that's it. The next one is, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing this correctly, AMA Path Redirect Extension. And basically, if you're getting redirected, 301, 302 or whatever, it will track all of the intermediate redirects. Oh, I love that. And see where you've kind of been been passed to. It's useful to just to see the kind of like what's going on, but I remember was it a year or two ago you posted this video where I know where you're going. you could sort of like <laughs> backwards analyze the the affiliate links. So you throw so a lot of sites they have slash recommend slash something for example. Like they, they cloak their affiliate links. And so you throw it in there and usually you get sent to a tracking domain, but sometimes that tracking that domain redirects you as well, right? So you want the domain that's like sandwiched in the in middle. The middle <laughs> because if you throw that one in like Ahrefs, for example, you find all the sites promoting the affiliate offer, for example, right? Like you can find a lot of like hidden things. So for example, very often I'm, I'm able to find networks of websites 
that way because yeah, I can also see like what sandwich tracking domains they use in between for this. And I'm able to like, if they use like another layer of tracking with their own custom tracking domains, for example, and you can find all the, like you check that domain, you check all the sites that link to it and you find all the websites that belong to that person or like that network or that company. And then you can kind of backward engineers that whole top high level affiliate structure rather than just like on a single site level. So it's it's quite powerful. Basically, it allows you to see like what people don't want you to see. It's quite interesting. And again, if you throw any affiliate link inside Ahrefs, you can find any website that will promote it. And it's like, I think that's one of our most popular YouTube videos, actually. So you can find some of that with that extension. You don't necessarily need the extension, though. It's like it's one of these things where it's like, it's useful. But like, again, I would probably use it like, you know, one day of the year or two days of the year when I'm really doing that research. There are websites that do that as well. If you search for like a redirect analyzer, for example, you can just throw links in there and then not install an extra extension. So it's okay if you're really doing it that day. It's fine if you want to walk through extensions. Some of these extensions I have, don't worry, they're the same. So it's not just <laughs> criticism towards you, but like, yeah, it's, but that's one of these things where you want to balance what you install as an extension and what you use as a website that is not a permanent resource drag on your computer, actually. Okay. Anything else on this one? No. Okay. So the next one is going to be Keyword Surfer by Surfer SEO. Again, this is free. Uh, you don't have to be a subscriber of Surfer. And they give you some like classic SEO data, a little bit like you were suggest, like I mentioned earlier, but they also do article briefs, basically. They give you the top headlines of the people that rank all in like one brief and you're able to like essentially create article outlines a little bit faster. It's a very toned down version of their paid tool. But again, if you wanted a tool that helps you outline your content, save a little bit of time without having to pay for any on-page tool, then that is an extension that I would recommend you check out. I think they give you some AI stuff in there as well, but I'm not sure I would use the AI content from Surfer, let's be honest. I know they I know they try to market it, but that's I don't think it's very good. However, the headlines that they give you are quite handy. It, it can save you quite a bit of time because it analyzes like the top 10 results and so on for you. So. If you want an extension that does that, you can use that one, actually. Okay, the next one is the Hunter or Email Hunter Chrome extension. So Hunter offer a, everyone knows what Hunter is. It's, it's a tool where you can put in any domain and find out all the email addresses associated with it. So they have a Chrome extension, which just makes that process a little bit easier. Again, rather than having to go to the site, put it in, it's just there. So when you're browsing around, perhaps you're doing some prospecting, you can just click the button and it sort of highlights if it's found any email any email addresses for that domain. Click the button and uh, you, can, you can pull out any emails it finds and you can use that for link building or whatever other purposes you want to, to get in touch. Uh, the free plan has 25 searches at the moment. They reduced that from 50. Um, oh, that sucks. I think last year. But has 25 free ones at the moment, which you can use per month. So it's not bad. Uh, you know, if you're doing any kind of serious link building, you'll need a, a bigger plan. But uh, yeah, it's, it's good for a free tool, um, especially if you're just getting started or especially if you're doing kind of very high targeted like sniper type yeah, I think well. it's more for that. It's like when you're not spamming a lot of sites, but rather you're just browsing the web, you're like, oh, I really like to get in touch with these people. Click the button, get the email. And for that, it's enough, to be honest. Uh, the it's also situations like outside link building. So you come across a website and maybe you want to like buy it or offer it or you know do some kind of different collab, You know, stuff you're not doing every day. If you just want to use that 25 credits, you can stay on the free plan and yeah, it's worthwhile. 
Yeah, I mean, again, like, you know, these companies, they want to upsell you, but I think there's still lots of value to get for free if you kind of add up all these things that you never got this much for free in the past. Let's just say that, like, so it's like, while while some stuff is more expensive, there's also a lot of free stuff. And talking about uh, Hunter, link building, etc., I wanted to talk about a very old Chrome extension. I remember it from when I just started SEO called Broken Link Checker. And that's a very simple uh, extension that will crawl the page you run and find broken links. But the reason I talk about this for link building is because if you want to start a conversation with someone, the most innocent way to do it is just be like, hey, I found a I found a broken link on your site. Is this the right email? And it's like you can just report, like you can just click on that extension and always find a broken link on their website. So it's like don't ask for anything, just be like, hey, here's a broken link. Then wait a week, then email them. I think that's how we do it these days, broken link uh, building or something. But like that's an approach. I'm, I'm not not convinced. Like uh, I mean, if you're just trying to like start a conversation, yeah, with them it's not like to scale else, link maybe. building. It's not like it's not like oh, build a hundred links a month type thing. It's more like it's an easy way to if you have no other way to start a conversation. That's one way. All right, next one is called dimensions, and when you click on the little icon in your toolbar a little kind of cross comes up and you can move it around and whatever element it's over, if it's, for example, in a box, the lines in that cross will extend till it hits like a different color pixel, like a line or a border. And then it will calculate the dimensions of an area that you've selected, which is really good if you've, for example, forgotten the size of one button and you need to create another one or for image alignment or whatever else you want to do kind of design-wise or in Gutenberg especially, it can be quite useful for just getting a, a feel for, for the size of everything. So very simple tool, totally free. And yeah, I would uh, Yeah, Mark is a Mark is a tyrant time. with that extension. He knows nothing about design, but the one thing he knows is using that extension to check the I know spacing nothing about design, everything. but I, I know when stuff is not aligned. So we I can't begin to tell you the amount of arguments and time we, uh, we've had over the, if you go to the Authority Hacker homepage, there's a we're featured in section with like four logos. The discussions we've had, it's still not perfect. It's far from it, actually. We kind of got into a pretty big argument about it and we're like, okay, we just need to get the site out and we'll fix this this later. But So never. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. So if you want to be a tyrant, just install that extension. It's a good one. Another thing I wanted to talk about, which one, which is going to be like sounding very boring and very classic, and that's the Bitly Chrome extension. So Bitly is a link shortener. Google used to have one, but they shut it down. Actually, I used to use the Google one a long, long time ago. Um, but Bitly is still around. Uh, but I don't really use it because I love shortening links. So it's like I don't care that much. But what I know is that you know I talked about advanced analytics earlier, right? How we like track goals and events and everything. And one thing that you want to do is like you know every time we share links on social media or like we do uh, advertising, for example, etc. We do want to know where that tra- traffic is coming from. So when we're doing like conversion tracking and so on, we can attribute this back to the original share, whatever, identify that and do more of it, right? So we know what actually drove a conversion or a cell or something. And so the way you do this is you actually add UTM parameters to the URLs you share normally. So you add like, you've probably seen this around before, question mark UTM equals, and you put like campaign, you put content, etc., and you put equal, 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 and you put some stuff like Twitter and whatever. And so that allows you to see this data inside Google Analytics, and then you can attribute it back to your conversions. The problem is it's freaking annoying to do these links and to just like tag everything you do all the time. 
But whenever you go back to analytics and we try to understand what actually worked and didn't work, when you didn't do it properly, you're going to solely regret it. And that's why I like this extension, because this extension allows me to quickly add these UTM parameters to any URL I share without having to go to another tool or something like this. I just click the button, it takes the URL I'm on. I can add like, you know, newsletter, uh, email, and then whatever, like uh, new, something like the name of the newsletter, for example, create the link and bam, all my parameters are here. When we go and check our conversion reports, we know exactly which campaigns actually made us money, which ones were a flop. Let's do more of those that made money. Let's make more money. That's basically it. So that's a free extension that is kind of worth it in my opinion. It seems Bitly really won the uh, link shortener wars then, uh, now that even There's really nobody else, it. right? It's like, you don't even have to pay for it, right? It's like, I mean, you can pay for it and like get a custom domain, right? If we're like not as cheap as we are, we'd get like the ahcr.co or something. And then like, we'd just like make a, our custom shortened links or something. But we, I use the free version and it's completely fine, to be honest. All right, so the next one is called What Font. So if you've ever seen a website and said, oh, that looks like a very nice font. I wonder what it is. Get this plugin and it'll tell you. Simple. Not only that, it tells you how big the font is and how what the like if it's bold, if it's thin, etc. Which it's quite Which is useful, which is useful if you are the type of person who just randomly bold stuff every now and then for no apparent reason. And then you end up with a font which doesn't quite look the same when it's bold and it's not bold and then someone changes it and yeah, you get into all sorts of It's not of just that. It's like if you're trying to replicate the feel of a page. Like very often when you design a website you have like a website, like two or three websites of reference you're going to look at and look at for inspiration, right? And very often, good designers use typography to really create a, a strong design, like the contrast between like how bold the title is to how thin the normal body font is, etc. matters, right? It, it, if you use the same fonts, it's just not going to feel the same. But quite often, you can also do the same effect with different fonts, etc. So it's like, it's quite nice to just quickly be able to understand that and then just replicate that when you build your site. So overall, it's like whenever you're building landing pages, whenever you're designing sites, etc., it's a decent, it's a decent extension to use. I use it quite often as well, actually. My next one, talking about letters and stuff, I'm gonna talk about Grammarly. I use the premium version. It's really good. As a non-native speaker, it fixes all my this and that issues, which uh, makes Mark uh, probably extend Mark's life by a few years easily. So it's it's kind of worth it in that aspect. But what it does is it it doesn't just fix your style. It actually, I mean, it doesn't just fix your spelling, but it actually fixes your style as well. If you're writing lengthy sentences with tons of commas, etc., like I used to do for a long time, it's going to fix it for you. But not only does it fix your content, but if you're actually paying attention to what it does, you can identify your mistakes and actually become a better writer and eventually you know, not need it as much and, and for everything you do, be a better writer. So I quite like it. Uh, we are actually running an SEO test right now. You know, in the previous episode, I talked about SEO tests. We're trying different levels on Grammarly, you know, like the, Grammarly gives you an overall score for a piece of content when you use it. That's not on the extension, that part, it's on the web app. And we're trying like, oh, what if we only publish content that's 95 and above? What if we go to 99, etc. cetera, uh, in terms of scoring on, on Grammarly? Does it make a difference? Does it not make a difference? Does Google care about it? And I think they do a little bit. So I think overall, your site will have more commonalities with high quality sites if you have a good call on Grammarly than you don't. So it could be a very, very indirect ranking factor, but I emphasize the could here. It doesn't mean it is, it could be, but the closer you are to good sites, the closer, the more likely you are to rank. So yeah. 
All right, the next one is called Link Clump, and it allows you to drag a box over a group of links on any page, and then it will automatically identify that those are links, select them, and then you can control what you do with either open all of them in new tabs, you can copy it to the clipboard, you can filter if there are certain words, filter out certain links and just kind of manipulate things a lot. So for any kind of link prospecting, especially if you're trying to scrape uh, SERP results, uh, very, very useful tool indeed. And I'm gonna go on to the, the next one straight away as well because it's so, so similar. It's called Export Tabs. So if you're, for example, you're doing some prospecting and you're opening a bunch of sites, then you close the ones you don't want to contact. So you still got like, let's say 15 or 20 tabs open and you want to get all of those URLs and say you're going to put it in a spreadsheet or exam or, or whatever. Uh, if you use the export tabs plugin, it's going to give you a list, this little pop-out text box. It's going to give you a list of all the tabs you've got open. It will include the title, but you can turn that off. So you just end up with a URL list. And then you can search a text area, you can just copy and paste that into your prospecting sheet or whatever else you're doing with uh, with link building. But really useful tool and they, the, both of these kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, my next one is Wapalizer. I like the name actually, it's, it's pretty cool. But what it does is actually even cooler than the name. It's an extension that you can click when you visit any website and it will find all the tools, technologies, etc. they are using in just one click. So, you know. It's going to get the basics, like they're using WordPress, whatever, but it's also going to tell you the, what WordPress team they're using, what WordPress plugins they're using, etc. If I use it on uh, Atari Hacker, for example, I can see we're using Optin Monster, I see we're using Cloudflare. It did find that we are using Nitro Pack as well, for example, for page feed. And it shows quite a lot of tools. And if you want to discover new tools, if a site's doing something cool, or if they're like a fast site, for example, you want to improve your page feed, it's a really cool place to be like, okay, how, how are these really fast sites doing this? What are they using for caching? What uh, version of PHP are they using, etc.? So I quite like it. There's really no point paying for it, kind of, as well. Like, that's one of those that's, like, not a freemium, but an actual, you know, full product. And I really like it. So I would recommend you use that if you want to discover new tools. I know a lot of people like tools. If you're listening to that podcast, obviously you love, tool, you love tools. Want to find more? Install that extension. This. This. Ah. <laughs> See, another six months of Mark's life again. So, And because Mark didn't add more to the list, I'm just going to do the next ones as well. Uh, the next one that I'm going to recommend is the Headline Studio by CoSchedule. So that was also a standalone tool, but now it's actually available as a Chrome extension. It's actually its own standalone tool as well now. You don't have to. It's outside of CoSchedule, but I'm not sure I would pay a ton of money for just a headline analyzer unless you have a really, really big site. But the free version is good enough so you can write the headline you are thinking of using, for example, when you're writing your OG tags for social sharing, and it's going to score it. So it's going to give you a score between 0 and 100. It's going to tell you the kind of words that you're missing, the kind of words you're using too much, if it's too long, if it's too short, etc. And you can just type another version based on that feedback. It's going to score it again. Do it five times, take the one that has the highest score, and you will get overall a little bit more click-through rate on your headlines and so on. It's a good thing when you're writing uh, sales pages, landing pages as well, if you're doing like not just SEO, but actual marketing stuff, uh, subject lines for emails, that kind of stuff. Uh, you can use that tool, and it's going to help you do a better job, basically, without too much work. So I recommend use it. Uh, the, usually the problem with Coach Schedule is like all their tools are like full, but like, super aggressive pop-ups and everything and trying to upsell you on, on them. So it's a little annoying on that side. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hide it, but uh, it's still a useful tool and it's pretty well done. 
It's also just worth remembering that with co-schedules, their headline analyzer, it's one of these things like the map is not the territory. Just by making something that has a higher score on, according to their yeah, metric, sense, yeah. doesn't mean it's going to be a better headline necessarily. I mean, it's generally it is, but it's not something that's worth obsessing over. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's still a useful tool. I was still, I'm still using it. The next one I'm going to mention is going to be for all the AI fans of the chat. Basically, if you love AI writing tools, but you're like, well, I wish I could just have it anytime I write anywhere on the internet. Well, this extension does exactly that. It's called WordTune. It gives you, it doesn't really write for you, but rather it rewrites for you. So if I write a mistake, like it just, if I write anything, I can then highlight it. It's going to give me like three to five versions of basically better written, higher engagement version of what I said, which is very handy, especially if you're a non-native speaker on like social media, for example, or if you, even when you're writing web pages, like you're writing your call to actions, for example, it's, it's kind of handy to, to use that. They give you 20 rewrites per day, which is, I think, you know, it's not going to write articles for you, but as a, as a utility in your browser, it's probably good enough. Uh, so you don't really have to pay for it, provided you you have enough of that. And I quite like it. I think it's quite good. Have you been using that for your uh, recent Twitter threads then? Or? Mm, a little bit, but not as much, to be honest. Mostly because I write directly in Twitter. It's not, it's not, I'm not on, I have an app for Twitter. I don't have a, I don't do it in browser. But if I, if it was in, maybe I should do it in browser actually now that you say that. But yeah, it's like when I write emails, for example, things like that, I actually use it. Uh, the next one is going to be similar site extension. Uh, and that one is probably for the people who kind of like skip on Ahrefs as well these days, because what, Ahrefs has a similar f- uh, functionality. When you go on the site, you click on this extension, it's going to give you all the similar websites to it. So if you go on Atari Hacker, you get, you know, Niche Pursuits, Madigity, and uh, everyone, Income School, and so on. You know, it's like it's going to find all the similar competitors. And it's quite handy when you're doing keyword research, slash competitor research, because you know, you take these competitors, then you look at all the keywords they rank for, then you look at their competitors, then you look at all the keywords they rank for, and eventually you map all the keywords in your industry. And so that extension can make it significantly faster. If you use that together with like the free version of Ubersuggest, et cetera, like you can do keyword research for very cheap. It's just like a lot more cumbersome than if you use a tool like Ahrefs. You pay for the convenience really, but that data is, is really quite handy actually. Uh, so I quite like it. The next one a lot of people know about is, is Buffer. So Buffer, it's like it ha- it's a free social media scheduler, provided you only have like three profiles and twenty that you twenty posts that you can queue on the free version. But to be honest, if you're casually social media sharing, it's plenty. So again, I like I like the idea that everything's free in this list basically. So it's pretty much the best free social sharing tool that I found out there that works quite seamlessly, works on your phone as well and everywhere. So highly recommend it, but you know what your social media schedule is. So that's pretty much it for the actual extensions, but I think a lot of people don't even know how to use Chrome properly. And I just wanted to take two seconds to tell you that you should really learn how to use the options that when you right click anywhere, you click on inspect and it opens that big menu on the right where you see the HTML code, the CSS, etc. There is a lot of things you can do there, like capturing colors of elements, like finding the size of elements as well. like how wide should your images be when you upload on your site? If you don't know that, if you right-click in your content area and you scroll down all the way at the bottom CSS section, you will actually find how big your container is, how wide it is, and you'll know exactly the right size to make your images to get better page speed, for example. And you don't need an extension for that. You can just use the options in Chrome. You can also find fonts as well. You can even edit pages. 
And uh, like you can write in the code on the right and it edits the page. Actually, a lot of people who do fake screenshots of SEO, a lot of people do that, you know, to like sell stuff, etc. They do that. They go in this thing, they change the number in Ahrefs, they put like 5 million visitors and they take a screenshot. It looks like the original interface of Ahrefs and they'll just be like, oh my God, you should buy my whatever I'm selling, my tool or something to do that. So it's like you can actually, but that's quite handy not to scam people, but rather to visually change the website that you want to like, do something that you want to change. And usually I take a screenshot, show it to my dev, and then the dev does it for me. It's kind of like much easier visually to show to devs what you want rather than describing it with words, which uh, tends to lead to confusion. You don't always get what you want, etc. So in general, I want to say like Chrome itself is really powerful in terms of dev tools, and uh, you should really learn how to use all of this. You can run your core vitals tests on it as well. If you go in the Lighthouse section, for example, uh, you can run the full test there. You don't need to go to another app and so on. The console will show you all the errors that you have on your site, what did not load and so on. Be a little bit careful because some of these errors might be due to your Chrome extensions. It might not. So uh, when you check the console, check it in incognito without extensions. And this way you'll be able to tell what resources are not loading properly and so on. And this could be issues with your page speed and so on. So overall, extensions are great, but I think uh, learning how to use Chrome as well is something that all of SEO should do. Do you want to add something to that, Mark? No. Okay. Any final words of wisdom then? No. No final words of wisdom. <laughs> no final words of wisdom. Well, okay. Well, then thank you for joining, guys. We hope you picked up at least one or two cool extensions from this podcast. And we'll see you again in two weeks for another episode. Bye.